a quote-unquote guaranteed steady four or five-year contract, man, that them doing the work is not a big deal. It's in the beginning stages, me getting that timing down or getting that uh, quote to me because right. I got to submit my paperwork on time. That's the gotcha. big, that's a huge headache. Gotcha. It's huge, yeah. And so how, you have employees working for you? Now, now. And what do they do? Search one person sends the invoice. I know that. <laughs> yeah, one person sent all that's the invoices. That's why the first person you hire, listen, I don't want to send these invoices. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm done with all that. So the invoicing, they're looking for the solicitations. I get sole source a lot now, though. So the government actually calls my company and says, hey, can you provide this product or this service? Oh, really? Yeah. Also, once you build that relationship with the government, yeah. you want I mean, I got over 40 contracts, been doing it since 2008. Like, they, my my company's name is solidified. So they just call my company and say, hey, can you provide us this product or this service? So I got somebody to run that, mm-hmm. the emails. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's only I only got like four people on my team. That's all I need. Are you versed in the in like the municipality and the state as well, or are you just uh, teach you teach straight yeah, federal? Straight federal. I know the crazy thing is I know nothing about the state and local. Nothing. People come to me all the time. Well, I got this state contract. I'm like, I ain't, I'm not your guy. I know nothing about it. it I don't like even want to get into it. Supply though, but they they have like different certifications. You got to get this. You got to get a. a DB, I don't even know the stuff. It's, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. I don't even want to tap into it. Because people come up to the federal level and they say, I didn't think it was going to be this easy. Mm-hmm. And so I might go down to the state level and say the same thing. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this easy. I just right. haven't done it. I mean, I'm in a sweet spot, right? right when you're right. good, you're good. Dang. What's that? 2008... So that's what, uh, 13 years. Yeah, but game. remember, I didn't get the first one to. For three like, years. Yeah, yeah so, so about, about 10 years yeah, in the game. Yeah, about 10 years. So I, I got to ask this question too, man. How did you change from the gas station? Let me get that chapstick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> to like this extremely successful businessman. What was that transition? Like, Man. did it feel like a transition or was it just gradually? That's a good question because it really didn't feel like a transition until I started to talk to my old homeboys. Right now, I could yeah. tell, yo, I'm, I'm thinking different now. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to do that no more. Okay, why y'all keep texting me this stupid stuff? Like, that's when I started to know, okay, I'm just different now. Yeah. But it didn't feel like I was transitioning. I was just being me, just trying to learn and trying to speak to the level that I could get business with these people over here, not knowing my my whole mindset is changing, my speech, my tone, how I walk, even how I'm trying to think in the future, all that's changing. And they back there, you know, doing what they do. Right. This was maybe, maybe, um... Had to be maybe six years ago, seven years. I don't know. I, I don't remember, but it was it was it was a good. It was a long time ago. But I I leave. Uh, I'm from New Jersey. Okay, I'm from Willowbrook, New Jersey, and I leave and I'm going out. You just kind of like I'm getting into personal development. Mm. I'm building my business. I think at this point, 
I had left my job because I started working. I started my business in 2010 while I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, okay. And then 2012, I left. So I remember when, like, when we got out of high school, what we would do is on Friday nights, like, everybody come over, bring a bottle, and we just drink and we talk. We'll mm-hmm. rap. Mm. Freestyle, just Freestyle, get it going, you feel yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> Until the night. Like, when everybody gets off work, we just, you know, we're going to find a destination. We're going to go there. So long story short, I came back to Jersey. Like, I don't know what I was doing there. I may visit my, my, my aunt or something like that. And my boy was like, yo, come through. I'm like, all right, it's my, my, my yeah. man's. So I go to his house, and it was almost like deja vu, bro. Mm. It was the same exact Thing that Nothing we were changed. doing years ago. <laughs> that was the moment where I'm like, yo, not better, but I'm different. Japanese people just put on a mask. They were like, for the greater good, no problem. Mm. Um, I think Andy struggles more with that. But for me, because it's something from my childhood, I mean, it's just very natural. It makes sense. Um, well, it's interesting because there's such an ancient culture. Like yes. Andy was telling me that he went to, he was doing a tour there. I mm-hmm. believe it was with you. Yeah. And someone showed you guys like a mill or some, some sort of building. Yeah. That was twice as old as America. Yeah. It and was so like, that a, put everything in perspective. For it him. was like a house, like a wooden house and a mill still standing in like pristine condition because they take care of it. Um, yeah. Like twice as old as America. And we were like, wow the culture here i mean we've we've been to a lot of countries in asia and you know china is one of those places where you look at china's history and you know like like their history is there's such longevity there and the china that we know today is not original china like they have like looking at their progression mm. over history i just think is so fascinating america's harder because we're so young so we're right now witnessing you know our own progression but it's not like looking at three thousand years worth of history right you know i mean native americans were here but we don't have that written history so. it makes you think is that where we we could be going if we last that long you know, it's really interesting. I, I, so I'm a giant dork and I am a huge fan of Star Trek. I'm like, Star Trek Next Gen is yeah. one of my favorites. And so the whole idea that one day we could be like this, you know, utopia on Earth, at least, where, you know, like money isn't, like, I think there's no currency, I'm pretty sure, in Star Trek. Everybody has roles they fill. Everybody's needs are mad. There's this definite part of me that's like, that could happen one day in theory. But communism is also a good theory. (laughs) And like, practically, it will probably never, ever work. Um, So it's... It's one of those things where, you know, I have faith in humanity, but I'm also realistic. You know, we could do a lot of things. Lots of things are possible. Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to get there? I don't know. It would be, I mean, it just seems like the world would be such a better place if, but if we didn't have this inherently tribal DNA. 
Yeah. Where we're just not like we said, like I said earlier, like territorial apes with thermonuclear <laughs> weapons. Yeah. And you yeah. know, unfortunately, that's just what we are as human beings. And mm-hmm. I, I can't see in the near future any way to get past that threshold. Yeah. But I figured out if, what if we could somehow figure out how to get past that. I think, you know, like I said, your your vision of some utopian world of people that all get along and there's yeah. no borders or boundaries and Right. I mean, I I agree with you. I think near future, I don't see it. Um is it is it possible? Yes. Um there is a ton of work that would need to be done, I think. Um, I was just reading a book that was talking about um, like the scarcity mindset. And the scarcity mindset is what drives people to hoard and to compete and to be like, you know, right. there might be five apples and five of us, but I'm going to take three just in case. And they're like, that that mindset gets us all in trouble like if you look at if you really looked at resources and how they could be divvied out like if we actually entertained all the options that were possible there really would be enough um for everybody like there would at least be enough for basics for everybody but that doesn't seem to be good enough for enough people like people who have control people who have leverage so that just makes, you know, creates inequality. It keeps inequality going. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think it's a long road. I think it's definitely possible. I think people are working towards it. What do you think the best way for people to get out of that scarcity mindset is? So I think it's just believing that there is enough. Believing, yeah. like not being scared that at the end of this, like, when I finish my sandwich, there will be no more sandwich. Like, just don't be afraid, right? Like, just know that I'm going to eat this meal, and by the time the next meal needs to come around, it'll be there. There's enough, right? Like, maybe it's not going to be a, you know, maybe it's not going to be a steak and a giant baked potato, but it will be enough. Like, you will eat. You will be fed. Um, So just knowing, you know, like, investing money right like don't hoard your money like use it because there will be more on the other end you know like if you keep working and you keep moving forward then you're not going to be without so that's one of the biggest biggest um philosophical questions in life right Mm -hmm. money versus time yeah you know, people chasing you know and neglecting their families and their children yes. to chase money and to work yep. when you realize by the time most people who attain that extreme level of success or money or wealth or whatever it is they realize once they get to the top of the mountain yep. it's not what they thought it was yeah exactly Andy it says andy uh refers to it as uh looking under skirts He's like, he's like, the more, the more people I meet, the more networking I do, he's like, the more skirts I get to look under. And the more I realize that's not what I thought it was going to look like under there. Right. Yeah. And so it's really, I think about like, 
really understanding what is your goal? Like, what is your goal? What is the purpose you're driving towards? Because I think most of us, I mean, I admit this. I You have a third, a third, a third. A third goes to the guy on that side of the canal. You need a third for traffic to come through the middle. And you need a third for that guy on that side of the canal. So you have to make sure your boat's not too wide off the dock to stick out to where you go past the third of that space or else you can't keep your boat there. So anyway, he's got to shorten his dock for me. <laughs> I'll pay for that. All right, so you went down to Fort Lauderdale. I went to Palm Beach, went to Fort Lauderdale, went to Miami, went everywhere. Everywhere. You and know, I while we were there, I think Trump was having a party in Jupiter. We didn't even know it. We drove past uh, where Trump lives. In um, Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago, and man, what a dead-ass place that is. That place is, yeah. I mean, you got your fancy homes, you got your ocean, your beach, but it's like dead. I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't want to live like that. I don't even want to keep a boat in a place like that. You know, there's nothing going on, and everybody's, you know, very hidey-tidy, and, um... We got over on a free lunch. We got over on a free we lunch. Had a great lunch. Free brunch. We ate the, We wanted to go eat in the Breakers. Was the Breakers is where? Palm Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Breakers. Was well, Breakers in Fort Lauderdale? No, it's it's Palm Beach. The Breakers. Breakers Palm, Palm Beach. Beach. So we went to the Breakers. Sure. Yeah, we were trying to go eat lunch. What do we go and anyway? So the restaurant was under construction. And we had, but they own a restaurant in town, which called. Forgot. (laughs) I think it's named after the guy that started the town. Like Henry's, Henry's Henry's. Flagler from Flagler, the guy that started the big rich guy that started the whole damn thing down there. Anyway, so they have a restaurant there in town, and we got lucky because this place was expensive. You know, it's it's Palm Beach and all that, so. The waitress knocks over a champagne glass that Carla was drinking. And the glass kind of blew on some of the food. Some of it, not most of it. Anyway, they were really nice. The waiter comes and the 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 manager comes over and he says, no, absolutely, you know, takes all the food away. You know, we we, we half ate the food already. (laughs) And he brings all new food, wouldn't charge us. I mean, those people must be tough in that town because these people that work there, oh, oh my God, oh my God, a glass broke. You know, and uh, so anyway, we toured everywhere. Everywhere. So now here we are. What night is the night? I can't keep track of honestly Tuesday? We went Wednesday. Wednesday. We went to over 20 marinas. No, 25. And they were all too expensive. And I they charge more I for a fucking all. piece of water, a little slip of water. It's crazy per square foot. It's only water. It's not even land you're getting. That's how much they're charging. Oh, my God. They want like $2. Some of these high-class places want $2 a foot At least per day. Seven grand if a your month. boat's 100 feet, that's 200 bucks a day. That's 30 days in a month. That's $6,000 a month for a fucking slip of water. And in Miami, you it's, talk about, it's about oh, seven. Man, they're making money. Especially in Miami. Oh, my and God. And they don't have that. I barely have any amenities. Some of them don't have shit to give you. Uh, so anyway, we're working on it. All right. I hope anybody's out there. They got any problems? They got any questions? Call in. All right. And uh, 
see if we can do. But right now, let me tell you, real estate is a danger zone. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm not smart enough to know how these banks are handling. I know a lot of people ain't paying. See, at first, the government was handing out money. They're giving out the extra unemployment. Everybody was paying in rent. See, multifamily was staying strong. But now I hear, and I heard from a guy yesterday that owns like 2,000 apartments in Tampa. He wanted to come uh, have lunch with me and maybe look at John's Pass or whatever. So um, he said, holy crap, he couldn't believe it. He was down, he was missing 200000 in rents uh, that he hasn't collected last month. He hasn't figured out what this month is already. So, and we're starting to feel a pinch too. Um, it used to be retail was having its problems, it still are. Forget about hotels. I, I just want to, oh my God. I don't want to talk about hotels right now. But now the multifamily's getting hit. Okay, because people, it's, I'm telling you, they're not dealing with the situation like they should. I'm sorry. They, you know, either if you're going to keep money flowing, you keep the goddamn shit flowing. Don't give it a little and stop. All right, until it's over, keep it flowing, uh, because right now, I'm telling you, things are getting ugly. You know, I had another commercial tenant telling me they're leaving, they're going bye-bye, I'm going to be stuck with another empty commercial unit, retail. Uh, I'm telling you, my life is depressing as hell right now. So anyway, maybe I can help somebody, anybody out there, you want to buy something, you're looking to buy, but I will tell you, they're still lending. The government's backing up all the banks. They're backing up uh, Fannie's, Freddie's. I got people in contract to buy stuff right now. We had a big inspection in one of our hotels. I hope that goes through. So there's money flowing out there still. So if you want to do real estate, what you got? We also have Super Chats. Super Chat, Super Chat. Parasailing the past. Thanks for the four ninety nine, and thank you for coming to. I think most of the podcast. Is that the parasailing goddamn time. guy? I can't find every time I go there. He's off sailing somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I personally went over there in the goddamn heat, sweating. You know, it was hot as hell. Looking for the goddamn parasail guy to see if he wants to come to my side over there and and get more business and more exposure. And I don't know. There's like two or three different parasailing guys there. I don't even know if I got to the right guy. So, parasailing guy, where the hell are you? Okay, contact us and start parasailing on my side of the boardwalk, too, and go get another parasailing boat. All right, I think I know somebody selling one, too. Seriously, call us. I know a guy selling a parasailing boat and the, the whole setup, a captain. All right, what else we got? Shout out to Matthew Simpson. Thanks for the four ninety nine. Matthew services every motherfucking Friday. You niggas ain't no real motherfucking Muslim till you can put a bomb on your back and one of you niggas blow your ass up. Nigga, them the real motherfucking Muslim. Until you niggas blow your ass up, fuck you niggas. I ain't scared of now motherfucking Muslim that's part of a Muslim group and they ain't on the white boys terrorist list over there in Cuba at the Guantanamo Bay facility. Yeah, you niggas go to federal prison. Fuck you niggas. All you niggas went to federal prison did what that white boy said do and you nigga cry like a motherfucker in that federal penitentiary system nigga and you left your kids behind here I ain't never left my kids out here with this big old dick nigga. Uh, 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 
hell, nigga, fuck you. Didn't think y'all gonna scare me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me. You rape my mama. That's been fuck you, Muslim nigga. You niggas been pedophile for the longest. You niggas been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You niggas been fucking babies and boys and goats and, 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 and queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas. And I, and I refused to stop eating pork. So I said, fuck you niggas. Because, listen, I sold barbecue four years ago. And the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork. So one day, I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They were chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslim can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork. So I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference. Because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them I, I feel good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 chopped beef sandwiches with that pulled pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you niggas. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch ass nigga. Yeah, go try to skirt me on the internet. All you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet. Catch a plane, nigga, and show up in person and make everybody in the city say, say, them niggas out of New York City looking for you, nigga. Say, it's the niggas out of California asking about you. Do that, nigga, bad motherfucker. Make Farrakhan have a million man march down here. He ain't done nothing in the wild no way, for he getting too old anyway. Yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hit a motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA young boy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fujiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You nigga can't rap. <laughs> yeah, you nigga stick to providing security at the funerals and, and shaking down rappers. But don't nobody want to hear shit no nigga talking about thumping no Quran. Nigga, we want to hear from Lil Baby. We don't want to hear from you bitch ass Muslim nigga. So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan. And don't nobody want to hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us niggas. If a spaceship come right now, I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. Mother didn't trust you niggas. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. And all our life, we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period point blank. I nigga gonna give up bacon instead of putting his motherfucking head between the whole leg and suck up pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. And all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do it. Go quit the pole and suck the pussy. You stupid. You dumb. You ignorant. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah, nigga, it's funny to me. 
It's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice. Y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch ass niggas, Muslim niggas didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to be throwing elbows. Get off me, nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little bitty white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of nigga we is down here. Them ain't the kind of niggas we are. We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga, fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He want to get back in the water. Fuck, that nigga didn't want to live. Dope fiend ass nigga. That's a dope fiend, ain't it? The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die. The nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga could have lived to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door, boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door. And put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant, robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star. With white bitches. So, let me tell you something, Stack Five. Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga. And fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen, if he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga. And I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch. That very, very hierarchical way. Or you can choose not to. Um, the other thing that it would tell you is it would, it would say something about whether about the size of teams as well. I mean, it would seem to argue, I would think, um, although maybe not, it says it's really about the structure of, of teams, that to the extent that you can keep things that, um, that are as flat as possible, I think you minimize the damage caused by um, hierarchies. Hi, thanks for coming to speak. So I just started in people operations about a month ago. And since I've been here, I've had a lot of people recommend uh, Strength Finder and other books like that. And I've taken a look at it, and I can't help but think that things like that are kind of, uh, as the great skeptic James Randi said, flim flam, mm -hmm. um, or like 
modern day uh, pseudo social science. And I'm wondering what if you have any insight into those because I know companies spend a lot of money buying those kinds of books for their yeah. employees. I have, uh, I have to confess I've never read any of those. I mean, I, um, I know that they're very successful. Um, in, sell, in sales or in, in what they set out to in do? In sales. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> um, but I, I guess I would only say it, it should, it's interesting, though, that there is such a hunger for that kind of thing. You know, people, I always say this, people are experience-rich and theory-poor, mm -hmm. that most people necessarily um, lack access to organizing principles in their life. Um, if you're not immersed in the world of academia and you don't have the leisure to produce, to follow and acquire grand theories, you don't have theories to explain things. So whenever there is someone comes along with an explanatory mechanism for something that is that you're experience rich in, it's enormously attractive. Um, so that you know, if that's a lousy, if Strength Finder is lousy, it's incumbent on us just to come up with better and more sophisticated ways of, um, but it's, it's clear that there is a massive demand for something um, to allow people to organize their experience. Hey, Malcolm, my name is Mike. Thanks for being here. Um, my question is kind of going back to the value of elite institutions again. Um, so, so you talk about how someone who goes to Harvard, someone who goes to University of Tennessee, they are intrinsically going to do the same if they're, um, you know, on the same intelligence level. So I guess my question is, you know, you hear you're kind of the average of the five people you hang around. You surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. You will naturally elevate your level. Do you believe in that or do you believe that's kind of... You know, it seems like your theory is, is kind of uh, puts the merits towards that, you know, yeah. thought process. Well, there's a, a couple of things. One is that um, one of the implications of that argument is that there are a lot more very able people at um, non-elite institutions than we think. And actually, this is kind of a fascinating thing. So to take a step backwards... Uh, the larger question is, how efficient are elite educational institutions um, in, as search engines for talent? What percentage of, the, of qualified students do they actually uncover? And, and the answer is, we used to think they were very efficient. What we have discovered recently is they're actually quite inefficient. In other words, enormous numbers of very, very intellectually capable people never even come close to the 250 top colleges in the country. So non-selective colleges have a much larger share of, uh, of the intellectual aristocracy than we would imagine. So that's so, so to your question, if you go to the University of Tennessee, you can find lots and lots and lots of very, very intellectually capable people to hang around with. And you probably will grab If you are that kid who could have gone to Harvard, you will probably gravitate to those five. The difference being that, so you'll be surrounded by peers who maybe every bit is able. The difference is that you will almost certainly be the top of your class as opposed to running the risk of being in the middle of the bottom. So you're getting two 
um, benefits, intellectual benefits, as opposed to maybe only one. Um, the other thing, of course, is that, uh, well, I'll leave it at that. There are many, many parallel arguments along these lines. Now, of course, not everyone can follow the strategy. If everyone does it, it ceases to work, right? <laughs> everyone can't go down a notch or, <laughs> so the whole thing is, I, if you're gonna follow the strategy, do it quick before I sell too many books <laughs> and the advantage is wiped out. But, uh, <laughs> okay, thank you. So you said in response to a previous question that it would be useful to eliminate some hierarchy so that you get rid of this problem of people being at the bottom. But how do we know that's the bigger issue as opposed to it's just a great boost to people when they are at the top? And if that was the predominating factor, then maybe we should just have more awards or more way to recognize people. Oh, I see. Oh, you mean have a kind of pretend hierarchy where you give everyone a pat on the back? Or maybe we should have even more levels of hierarchy. Oh, I see. Well, but the, you know, the, um, so the classic study, I have to see if I got this right. The classic study in this regard, which I talk about in the book, is this famous study that was done in this, the largest psychological study ever in the United States was done during the Second World War of American soldiers. And one of the most interesting insights was a comparison of, um, uh, of commissioned officers in the Air Force, the Air Corps, the precursor to the Air Force, and commissioned officers in the military police. And the question was, who was more satisfied with, uh, um, with their promotion prospects, the openness of their uh, institution to rewarding talent? He ain't got no flaws. We don't know what he do wrong. And at least y'all know I smoke weed, I cuss, I call a woman a bitch. <laughs> uh, so my flaws is shown, right? Uh, Obama, man, this man didn't have no flaws. Nah, homie, them ain't our men. We need to see men with flaws. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't follow no man, homie. I ain't have no daddy. So what the fuck I'm going to follow Farrakhan for? He followed Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad followed Farad Muhammad. All these niggas following, man. Fuck them niggas, homie. I need to see something else other than a nigga talking, telling me about a book he done read. Nigga, why we can't see his spirit like we seen grandmama and them spirit in that kitchen making that food, nigga? We saw them women's spirit, nigga, when we were sick and they took us to the doctor. So how I'm going to reject, nigga, what she gave me, the love I got from this woman who told me about the God she served. Ain't now nigga gave, Farrakhan ain't gave us that love. He ain't, gave, he ain't fed the village like Muriel and Mama and them feed these fed people. All the niggas that got to know Farrakhan got to go to jail to know him, homie. We don't know him from the world. You was blessed to know him through your grandmother. But because of who your grandmother was, you got the favor from him. Nigga, if your grandmother's, you see what I'm saying? Your grandmother. Yeah. So, oh, uh, it's not to. And on that. Yeah, once they see that, it's real, it's legit, and I ain't just talking out my neck. Man, they shipping them things off.
Now, I have to sign a service agreement and right. all that good stuff, and I was cool and all. But I didn't exchange any money until I got my money from the federal government. Wow. And right. as soon as they, the government got it, they paid you. That's why, I had to, that's why I had to be at a net zero, because I had to pay the uh, authorized retailer. Gotcha. Now, if, they, if I put some money up front, then I could have did a net 15 or something like that and waited for it. Right. But, but since, since it was no money exchange, it's basically a handshake and they, they got the valid contract, yeah, I need my money ASAP because I don't want them calling me, you know what I mean? So I was at a net zero. $75,000 to order some iPads, bro. There's more of them out there like that. That's nuts. There's more of them out there like that. Yo, I've made $30,000 a year at the Cheesecake Factory. I had to work 40 hours a week. Sheesh. 40 to 50. You was balling. I was at the gas station <laughs> working, <laughs> making less than... <laughs> Yo, I was at 15000 a year. Half a decade. Come on, man. <laughs> Man, yo, Swiss is sweet. Guy want this. Newport man want that. You know what I mean? Blow pop kid want this. Like, yo, that's man. crazy. Yeah. Yo, yeah. congrats on your success, man. I appreciate man. it, man. That is it. crazy, bro. I think, it's, I think it's important, too, a guy coming from where I come from with the information that I have, I, I got to I got to share it. Because if you listen to how most people talk about government contracting and federal government contracting, they speak of it as if it's a daunting task. Yeah. If it's, like, it's so hard. I definitely think yeah. it sounds scary to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how most people think about it. God, it's not that It's not that difficult. Understand the process. Understand that everything can be middleman. Mm-hmm. The government allows us to subcontract Every single contract that they have, you just got to put the pieces to the puzzle together. What's your advice, man? What now, is your advice? Now is is hooping mm-hmm. and traveling, man. Really? Yeah, hooping and traveling. Like I try to go to places domestically just to see what they hoop game like, the hoop situation. Man, I'm like that. You ain't no hooper, man. Bro. I'm tough. I hit. I told you I hit you. I'm like, man, hooping them Jordans. <laughs> when you leaving? I can stick around, man. Hold on, bro. <laughs> nah, we might have to get funky out here, man. Let me. I can, I can stick around. Okay, we might be on the. Uh, okay. <laughs> set it up. Set it up. We well, might have to set that up. Set up. Is he nice, Jose? You ever seen it? Yeah. yeah but he showed up to the gym in like these jeans and uh and harachis. It oh, was crazy. No. It was like there's like sweatpant jeans or something like that. I'm like, yo, Jose, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> so uh nah, all right. So um travel do you travel with your wife a lot? Uh Dang, that's not, crazy. Well, not. Nah. <laughs> so he said, oh, yeah. I mean, you got to understand. Be, that's why I advise you. That's my thing. I yeah, got to yeah, get away. Got, but you got peep game, too. People are calling me to, to come out there to teach them my process. Oh. So I'm going out there to work, right? So I'm going out there to work. You pull up on days. your students? Yeah, pull up on them. Yeah. 
I mean, not just everybody gets divorced. Not everybody, yeah, yeah. Not every, I don't pull up on everybody, but if it's a group six or more, I'm pulling up. Oh, so if it's like a group of six people that got the course or whatever. Yep. And they say, and hey, we city. need higher education. Or they say, we purchased the course, but we want you to actually come out here and teach us real time too. I'm there. We should do something in Atlanta. Let's do it. We should do something. Let's do it, man. Yo, do, do it. so there will be a link in the um, in a, in our description, and you can use promo code Social Proof. Again, I don't know how much it's going to be. I'm going to negotiate. You're going to negotiate, <laughs> so I got to We're going to negotiate the I'm biggest discount. I'm a good one. I'm a good one. I'm a good one. I'm a good negotiator. We're going to negotiate the biggest discount possible. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, man, let's 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 try to set up these little meetups, man. Especially if group, that's dope because like groups can get together and kind of iron sharpens iron. That's you feel saying. me? That's what I'm saying. I, and that's why I told you, like, I can speak about it all day long, but when you bring somebody else in that's actually listened to the information, understood the process, and received the result, right? It ain't nothing better than that. It's nothing, it's nothing better. Like, I get overwhelmed when my students say, I won my first federal contract. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Knowing that it took me three years with no help. Yeah. And now I'm able to help people condense their time frames. Yeah. I just get excited, man. Yeah. That's yeah. lit. Yeah. And I think it's lit because you got rich from government contracting. And then now it's not like, yo, the... The money people pay for the program is is not your funding your lifestyle. Right. It's like you yeah. you're really like just giving a blueprint for us, right? Us, right. our people, peep game, clubhouse people. Will reach out to me off of a clubhouse meeting room, mm-hmm. and they ask for phone calls. Oh, can I talk to you for fifteen minutes, twenty minutes? They instantly say, "How much do you charge for a phone?" I'm like, "What?" People charge you to talk to them real quick. Like, I'm pulling up uh, on the phone like, uh, Just wait till after this interview, uh, brother. All right, talk to him. Talk to him about your it. Your tone is going to change. <laughs> <laughs> it, because it, to it's going gonna, it's gonna to be overwhelming. When man. it gets to that point, like when it seriously gets overwhelming, then yeah, I got to But maybe I have like group. So Okay, but, so. That's a, but that's what I'm saying. But this is how I just feel like sometimes somebody might just need a couple of minutes with somebody to get them to their next level. Yeah. You feel me? Because I feel like I needed that. Yeah. I just needed somebody to just say, hey, man, give me 10 minutes of your time. I can get you to your next level. XA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project. You know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Spec. Um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and I'm stuck now. You're more satisfied because... We went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming to me with a solution. Don't come to me with any problem without a solution. 
And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So speed I have this course. And I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it's done now. And uh, we're, we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's supposed to be ready in like April. Yeah. I shot the joint. It was, I shot it. Supposed to be ready like April, May. Then it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. Mm. They would have got done a long time ago. I need to focus on speed, bro. Mm-hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. It won't keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships, your, your relationship. You're going to talk about health. You're going to talk about learning in your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, you need to put a dollar amount on what's what, whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then... You need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable, you got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. All right, so so tell me about the academy yeah. and why you built it. Right, so the reason why I built the academy is because Every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous conversations with people who went to college, college is literally scamming people. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in, Because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, get your money back. That leave them accountable to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they teaching. Right. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like... 
why he's struggling. If he if he know everything, so that shows that that information in that book ain't everything. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men, uh, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say in my training, do you think college was worth your investment? I would say, Hundred percent of the time, I get like ninety nine percent. Hell knows. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even like people was like, "Oh, spec, you work in silence, or you like you move in silence." When I don't try to work in silence, move in silence. It's just like I just. I'm just straight to it. Like, let's go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do something about it instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach never reinvent the wheel. Success leave breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart, yo. I knew it. Man, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I went, so I went to Harvard. That's who they put on. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, put make him famous, you know. But now the gates are unlocked. Now everybody on SoundCloud is like they can't control it no more. You can't control it no more. If you have the talent and you're able to stay persistent and consistent with music, you're going to pop sooner or later. Something going to catch on fire. Mm. All you need is to hit one ball. One. You don't have to be right no times but once. Once you write that one time, and I don't give a damn. You don't know how to swing at fastballs. Don't hit fastballs. If all you know is curveballs, when that curveball comes, you swing the bat as hard as you can. Sooner or later, if you keep swinging, you're going to knock some out the park. It's going to be life-changing. And they're scared of that. Wow. They're scared of that because if that happens, then guess what? more wealth in the black communities. And guess what? The money circulates when it gets in the communities. When you go in, it goes to the corner stores. It goes to like, it's still in the community, right? Mm -hmm. The money changes hands. And now guess what? I got enough money to support your dream now. I got enough money to support his dream now. And everybody is building, but it's things in place to make sure it's like credit card companies. They discriminate, but people don't know they discriminate because they like, oh, they can't discriminate. No, they do. They don't market based on certain area codes. If you put a certain area code in, you automatically get denied. Why? Because they already know that area code has this certain amount of revenue coming in every single year. This your annual revenue. You don't fit the criteria. Mm. 
Even if you do. You don't fit the criteria. You in the wrong neighborhood. You don't get this card. And they're doing the same thing with investments. Like, why? Why I got to be a credit investor? People come up with what they want to come up with, but that's my, you know, that's my logic. I can't wait to see it, my brother. Look, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, Please let the the people know how they can contact you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, Definitely, I am spectacular on all social media platforms. Clubhouse is just spectacular. Hit me up on Clubhouse, dropping game constantly. The power Circle, shout out to the Power Circle. Power Nonprofit, circle. hey, that's another thing that's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest communities for people to come together, entrepreneurs to come together to share resources. The technology that's going to be built out for that is going to be crazy for people to come in and literally have one-on-one conversations to be able to share resources and uh, and be able to have masterminds and accountability. It's going to be phenomenal. But yeah, make sure you guys check me out. Power Circles, if you do want to apply for Power Circles, all you got to do is make over 100000 if you want to be a part of that community. Go to powercircles.org and uh, check it out. But other than that, you guys can text my number. I gave it to you guys earlier, but 786-661-1224. Hit me up. Ask me some questions. And actually, if you listen to this interview, every time you hear it, listen, drop me a comment, man, on my last post on Instagram. Let me know how you felt about this interview. Because I want to know your thoughts. I can't really stalk the comments like that, but I look at my Instagram almost every day. All right? Hit me up. Appreciate that, Spike. All right, man, close out with something. A word of wisdom, man. There's an entrepreneur out there that they, they... they're, they're having a hard time. They're struggling. They got this vision and it's just not coming to fruition or, you know, they got some issues or, uh, you know, dramas or, you know, just uh, things going on in their life. So mm-hmm. what is on your heart right now to share with that person? Well, the first thing I would say is your thoughts become your reality. So if you put yourself in the state of mind that everything is possible, it's just the amount of time on when it's going to happen. And continuously work on your craft. Too many people are a master of nothing. They master the craft of nothing. (laughs) So you have to become a master of something. And go at it full speed, full throttle. Want it. You're meant to as bad as you want to breathe. Mm-hmm. You got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. And come into this thing and understand that you're not a victim. Too many victims out here. Nobody's a victim. You're the only person you can blame for your situation. Nobody else. It don't matter what your past was. It don't matter how your dad treated you. It don't matter how you, how you was raised. Bill Gates said... If you're born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, that's your fault. Because you have every opportunity to get whatever you want and find the guidance, find the mentorship, because it's not a lack of information. 
it's a lack of guidance and accountability. So find somebody that's going to leave you accountable to your goals, your mission, your dreams. Everything that you literally put your mind to is, is something that can be achievable. Anybody who you know that's wealthy, that's famous, they all started from zero. Zero followers on Instagram, zero followers, zero followers on Facebook, zero dollars in their bank account. Everybody had to get that first deposit and build relationships. And make sure that you're putting more deposits in than withdrawals. Right. My rule of thumb is give 10 times and ask once. Because your habits create your character, and your character determines your destiny. As we learn from our mutual mentor, you know what I'm saying? Like, success will take you there, but your character, your gifts and talents will take you there, but your character will keep you there. But it all starts right here inside the mind, so we got to have a strong belief system. Because I remember when we used to school, you would see the little posters that say, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Bro, that's facts. That was a bar. We thought it was corny. We thought it was cliche, but that's real. That's real. So when I began to believe I could do these type of numbers, when I began to believe I could travel the world, bro, my wife looking for homes down in South Africa. I was like, boo, come on, boo. She's like, oh, you don't believe? I was like, I have to check myself. Like, bro, don't be a hypocrite. Like, do you believe? People got to believe. And so to everybody that's watched us, everybody that's listening right now, like, I need to believe in that power, that purpose, that potential, that society. You God has an amazing plan for your life if you believe. What do I look like trying to, trying to determine where my life going to go. I ain't that smart. I ain't that talented. People talk about a five to 10 year plan. That makes sense. And it sounds good. But for me, I'm not even smart enough to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Right? That's why I wake up at 5 a.m. and I seek the face of God. Like, what you want me to do? What you think is the best play? And then I run that play. Like, that's how people can go to the next level. So it starts with the belief system. And then you got to put that work in every single day. Because my brother Brian, I hear no more. And if he was here, he'd be putting that work in. So I felt what I look like feeling tired, what I look like feeling lazy, what I look like talking about what's not comfortable to me. Comfort don't pay bills. You know what I'm saying? So we got to be willing to put that work in every single day. So let's go get in. Let's be great. Listen, can't close it out no better than that, man. Do me a favor. Make sure you follow Jeremy Anderson. Okay. Shoot him. One. And we are live. We're live. We're live. I don't feel alive. I feel like half dead right now. I swear to God, I'm so depressed. It's raining out to match the boot. The weather is matching my feeling right now. Depressed, tired. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing with your phone now? Your phone's cutting you. Put a case on it. You know, today Mom I was podcast. ready to walk into AT&T store and my phone's been acting up because when you press it, it does whatever it wants to what it's supposed to do. So, because it's all cracked in the front and it felt, you know, starting to, you know, cut me and all that stuff. And I thought it was the actual screen in the phone. So I was prepared to walk in AT&T and, you know, I used the hell out of my phone. I make money with this goddamn thing, baby. Okay, this is the only thing, this is the thing, the most important tool. Everybody lives off their phone now. I can run the whole goddamn empire with this phone. Uh, anyway, so I walk into AT&T. I'm ready to spend, a, I'm, I'm, re- I'm thinking they're going to take me for a thousand bucks or whatever for a new phone. 
And I walk in, and the lady says, I tell the lady, promise, says, listen, you know, the phone's not acting right, and you press it, it's all cracked here. And uh, she says, oh, yeah, okay, let me see. And I says, um, you know, what do I got to do? I got to buy a new phone, right? She, so she, she takes my phone, she 